The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7x7 episode 2839. Today we're going to start a conversation about Wedge's Gamble, which is the second of four stories in the initial run of the Rogue Squadron novels by Michael A. Stackpole. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So if you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time, you're probably aware that we don't often talk about Legends stuff on the podcast too much and that is because we're really making this about what is the current line of canon storytelling. However, there has been some interesting stuff happening within the Essential Legends collection. That's the new series of very nice trade paperback reprints of certain Legends novels that are being released by Del Rey. They are now on their third set of releases for this. And one thing that they're doing along with it is in some cases they're actually publishing unabridged audiobook versions of these releases. This is new because previously they hadn't done that. In the first set of releases they did an unabridged audio of Shatterpoint, which was a Mace Windu novel. Then they did the audio for the original Rogue Squadron novel and now they've just released an unabridged audio for Wedge's Gamble. So they're kind of going above and beyond on the audiobook side of things. Yes, certain novels are getting a, a nicer, prettier package, but some of the novels are also getting a, for the first time ever, unabridged audio production, and it is, you know, brand new. They're not just taking the old version and expanding on it. They're actually doing the whole thing from scratch. As far as Rogue Squadron goes, well, I believe the novels were popular when they came out at the time, so I guess it makes sense to include it in that. But it also is hard not to see this in light of the fact that we have the Rogue Squadron movie coming out in December of 2023. And they have already said that they are drawing inspiration from Legends media, including these Rogue Squadron novels, so it seems like it's worth discussing here on the podcast. And we already talked about Rogue Squadron when that original unabridged audio production was released last year. That's how we're talking about Wedge's Gamble today, because that unabridged audio production was released just last week, a week ago today. Now, I suppose I should add a bit of clarification. So the series is actually called Star Wars colon X-Wing, and it just so happens that the first novel of those 10 novels is called Star Wars colon X-Wing colon Rogue Squadron. So that's where we're getting the whole idea of it, because it is following the adventures of Rogue Squadron. But this next one is really technically Star Wars colon X-Wing colon Wedge's Gamble. And here is the official description of that story. Here we go. It is the evil heart of a battered and reeling empire, Coruscant, the giant city world from whose massive towers the Imperial High Command directs the war. The rebels will invade this mighty citadel in a daring move to bring the empire to its knees. But first, Wedge Antilles and his X-Wing pilots must infiltrate Coruscant to gain vital intelligence information. Capture means death or worse, enslavement by the vicious leader known as Iceheart, Yassan Isard, now emperor in 
all but name. And one of Rogue Squadron's own is already her slave, a traitor hidden behind a mask of innocence, working to betray both, in, both colleagues and the Rebellion itself. Now this takes place in 7 ABY in Legends, so it actually happens before the Thrawn novels in Legends take place. The situation from where we left things in the original Rogue Squadron novel is that they want to take over Coruscant, and that's a you know big strategic target for them, but they kind of have to take steps to get there. And so this planet Borlaeus in the Pyrea system is a planet that they have to take over, and they take one shot at it and don't quite make it, and they have to go back and do it again, and they get it. So that's... You know, <laughs> <laughs> really high-level summary of what happens in the first novel. The second novel opens finding us with the rebels in charge of Borlaeus and everything is great, but various sources are coming to test the waters there and to see just how stable a capture it is. One of them includes this person, Warlord Jinja, who has control of some significant group of Imperial forces and there's some sort of wild card situation involved there because as the Rebellion is trying to decide how best to make their move on Coruscant once and for all, one of the things that they have to consider is whether once they get it, they're going to be able to hold it because if they do and they don't do it right, then Warlord Jinja is going to sweep in and take it over for him and his contingent. And this Warlord Jinja person is not working with Isard. So in the current canon storyline, the idea of how when the Empire was defeated at Endor and everybody broke up into you know various warlords and fiefdoms and that sort of thing, similar kind of idea. So Coruscant presents some big problems because it's still super well defended and there are planetary shields, but to really do this right, they have to figure out how to take down the shields in a way that they can get them back up and running if they're able to conquer Coruscant. And so that's part of the planning of things. But where things get a little bit dicey <laughs> is that in order to try to create as much chaos on Coruscant as possible and distract and misdirect the Empire, one of the things the Rebellion does is free a bunch of prisoners from Kessel. And these are really like worst of the worst kind of characters who were involved with the Black Sun Crime Syndicate and even Corrin Horn, who is the hero of these novels and had worked with Corsec, which is the corporate security force attached to Corellia. He had put some of those people away himself. So yeah, there's a lot of you know, moral dynamics and political dynamics that get involved in this story. And that particular aspect actually is part of what makes this novel a little bit more distinctive from the previous Rogue Squadron novel. So yes, there's a lot of dogfighting that happens, and there's a lot more dogfighting in the original Rogue Squadron novel. This one is definitely more layered in its presentation. There are more things going on and more types of action and intrigue that you're presented with as part of the story. The official description that I read you talks about Wedge and company having to infiltrate Coruscant, so there's some spy thriller stuff that happens with it. And the various members of Rogue Squadron are organized into little cells that are working independent of each other, so they don't even know what their fellow Rogue Squadron pilots are doing on Coruscant. And so it creates the opportunity for additional you know, emotional dynamics to develop between the pairings of characters that go on this mission. Meanwhile, the Empire knows that it's only a matter of time before the Rebels make their move on Coruscant, and so this Iceheart character decides that how she's going to address it is to basically 
kill every non-human being on Coruscant. And so she has somebody working on a virus, which is named Kratos, which will come into play later in the series because that third novel in this thing is called The Kratos Trap. Anyway, so she's having this virus developed. It's being tested on Gamorreans. It's being tested on Quarren. And those scenes are kind of awful. So there's even like sort of a, you know, brutal contagion type movie element baked into this whole thing as well. So she wants to use a newly created virus as a means of creating a horrible humanitarian crisis situation on Coruscant and also probably as well knowing that the rebellion is definitely not exclusively human like the Empire is, right? The Empire is just almost entirely human. That's the only people that they care about. That is something that Iceheart is leaning on as well, knowing that there are going to be non-human rebellion folks that are there that are going to be affected by this too. So all in all, it feels like a more well-rounded story, and there is also a significant cliffhanger that happens at the end of it as well. We'll dig into the story a little bit more deeply and a little more spoilery as we continue this week. One other thing I will say is that there is a celebrity cameo appearance, if you will, when Princess Leia shows up in a provin uh, provisional council meeting. like the experience you get of like, oh my gosh, it's Leia. And you're seeing this particular meeting through Wedge's eyes, like that particular chapter is told from Wedge's point of view. And he almost has that sort of celebrity reaction as well. But as a reader and as a listener, yeah, I had <laughs> that similar sensation. It is just awesome to hear Leia show up. And then for there to be a scene later on in that chapter where Leia and Wedge actually have a quiet moment to talk and to catch up and discuss bigger things and to talk about what Luke is up to right now at this time, which is actually kind of similar to what he's doing in the canon storyline as well. Like that is just so much fun. And the last thing that I'll say for this episode, at least, is that Mark Thompson is the person that they brought on to do the narration for this one. He's the one that they had do the original Rogue Squadron unabridged narration too. Mark was just on the podcast actually not too long ago and we had a great conversation and he is just you know super wonderful in general. The enthusiasm and excitement that he brings to this is always top notch and this is no exception as well. So you will thoroughly enjoy Mark's performance and they have the full on audio production of it as well. So yeah, just terrific from the jump. It's really an incredible production and it's great to have the unabridged version finally. So. There you go. That's the top level overview of Wedge's Gamble, which is the second novel in the Star Wars X-Wing series, which is really the second novel as part of the whole inspiration behind what will be coming with Rogue Squadron in December of 2023 in some form. Don't necessarily know how just yet. Still lots of mysteries to be revealed, but that right there is going to do it for today's episode of the show. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited by their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.